RAC's post-op podcast is brought to you with the compliments of the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons and leading financial services organisation, the Bongiorno National Network, the preferred choice for medical professionals across Australia. Overwork and exhaustion aptly describe much of what surgeons experience. But outside the profession, do people really know what it's like to work those unremitting long hours and juggle multiple priorities, all while making life and death decisions? Well, a new novel shines the light on excessive workloads faced by junior doctors and specialist trainees. It's called The Registrar and is written by debut author Dr Neela Janakiramanan, a plastic and reconstructive surgeon specialising in hands and wrists. She tells the story through protagonist Emma Swan, a surgical registrar who not only is overwhelmed by a punishing schedule, she's also confronted by bullying and harassment. Chris Ashmore asks Dr Janaki Ramanan what sparked her to write the novel. The registrar is something that I'd been thinking about for a number of years, actually, back from the time when I was a registrar, which is an increasingly long time ago. And I used to sit in operating theatre tea rooms at night and just kind of make up stories to amuse myself because there was often not a lot else to do. And it struck me that there are actually not a lot of books about medicine and there are certainly not a lot of books about surgery and what actually happens in the medical world. And some of them, such as, you know, the famous ones like House of God, are many decades old and they really haven't dated particularly well. You know, there are, there's a bit of you know, good humour and things like that, but they're also a bit racist, they're also a bit sexist. And so there was really space for more medical literature, if you will. But the thing that made me put pen to paper was I actually learnt about the death of a colleague that I had worked with in the past. And that was quite an unexpected event. Um, And I learned about it years after it had happened, but it was someone that I'd worked with very closely at a very pivotal time in both of our careers. And her passing was something that sort of struck at the core of my psyche. And I thought that that was the moment to sit down and start writing the story that I'd been thinking about for years. Was there a particular circumstance about her passing that was significant? Yeah, she took her own life. And, you know, it was someone that I had worked with very closely and she died of suicide only six months after we had last worked together and when you learn of these events you go through that process of thinking you know should I have noticed should I have done something different and it made me think about all of the stories that we had shared uh, many of which were about our times as a registrar and that's what made me feel as if maybe some of those stories should be shared more broadly. Mm. Well, in your novel, it is centred around dedicated and ambitious surgical registrar, the character Emma Swan. How much of Emma's story then reflected your own experiences as a surgical trainee, a woman in the surgical world? And does this apply equally to a junior doctor? Yeah, I think that's a good question. Um, The first thing I would say is it is definitely not a memoir. So it is not my story. It is definitely fictional. But sometimes stories become cliches for a reason because they happen to lots and lots of people. And so when I sat down to plot out this novel and go through the various bits of the editing process, one of the things that I was very cognizant of is that I didn't want to tell my story and I also wanted to protect the confidentiality of colleagues, patients, 
And so I spent a lot of time thinking about what is common, what happens to lots of people. So common that it's almost de-identified because it happens to so many people. And of course, therefore has resonance because it happens to so many people. So yes, of course, there are things in that novel that happen to me because they're common, but it's not my story. And similarly, I would say to anyone reading it, I've had a few people who have actually said, am I that person? And the answer is no, there, there is no one in that story that is based on any real living person. But I guess if people can see themselves in the characters, then perhaps I've done my job all right. Well, a, a running theme in the novel is mental health and stress and the overwhelming priorities that surgical trainees need to juggle. What is it you want the reader to take away from reading the novel? I think it's really important for people to not only understand how our hospitals run and the personal sacrifice that many healthcare workers, not just registrars, but other junior doctors, nursing staff, you know, etc., actually make to keep our public hospitals working. But it was also important to me for junior doctors to be able to see themselves in this piece of work and feel as if they're not alone. And so unfortunately, you know, our health system being what it is, overwork, sacrifice are expected and these can markedly erode people's mental health. And look, if I'm honest, it happens to senior surgeons as well. It happens to physicians. It happens to obstetricians. We know that doctors in this country have a much higher rate of dying of suicide than almost any other group and not just the attempting of suicide but actually completing suicide and I think that as a profession we need to look that statistic square in the face so that we can actually do something about it. Indeed. Now you write about a culture, a fascinating culture that is caring but also there's traditional bullying and sexual harassment and you describe so much that pushes people to the limit What scenes from the registrar bring those complex issues to light or how did you use Emma's story to tell this story? Well, I think one of the interesting things is that we go to all kinds of talks and training sessions and conference sessions and things like that and we hear about the statistics of these kinds of events. You know, we hear that X percentage of people are bullied in the workplace and Y percentage of women in the medical industry experience sexual harassment or assault in the workplace. And the thing with statistics is they're very good at quantifying the problem, but they're not very good at describing the impact that that has on individuals. And I think that's why storytelling can be so powerful because you create a set of characters that people come to like And then, you know, as an author, you do awful things to them. And so to have characters like Emma and her brother Andy to go through that process and actually almost see it from a bird's eye point of view, I think has the ability to make people understand the impact that those kinds of things have on individual lives. Well, if we escape from the book for a moment and have a look at the Australian healthcare system, What changes do you want to see in the healthcare system? Would you say that the situation in Australia at least is similar to that of Aotearoa New Zealand or other similar countries like the UK or US? 
Mm, I think in a lot of ways it is. Uh, the fundamental problem that healthcare has that we don't really have a solution to is that there are a lot of patients. People get sick and people get sick with a lot of diverse conditions and even if we spent every last available tax dollar on health and absolutely nothing else we still wouldn't be able to deliver perfect health care to the entire population and so the challenge of healthcare is trying to find that balance you know what is an appropriate amount of money to spend what is an appropriate amount of money of time and um, staffing and everything else to invest into health care and the corollary of that is well who is not going to make the cut. And when I say not make the cut, you know, what are the health conditions that are simply not going to be funded? And what are we going to ask of our healthcare workers in order to provide that standard of care? So if we can get, you know, an extra couple of hours work out of every doctor for no extra money, then you're basically treating patients who wouldn't otherwise get treated for nothing. And so ultimately, that's why doctors do it. It's why nurses do it. We work beyond what we should because there is a patient at the end of it. And so because it's a problem without easy solutions and healthcare workers by and large, I do think are generous and want to provide quality care to the people in front of them, it is very easy to exploit healthcare workers. So I think that that fundamental problem is universal across the planet but then how healthcare worker culture looks like that can be really variable and I think you know broadly it's not even what is happening in different countries even in the same hospital you know one unit can have a really good culture and one unit can have a really bad culture because culture of course is determined by the people who are within that unit so Unfortunately, I think because of the pressures on healthcare, the tendency towards some of the challenges that I describe in my book are probably universal. Mm. Now, I suppose to wrap up, what's next for you in the world of uh, writing? Another novel? Have you thought of a subsequent novel and what that could look like? Yeah, so I have been struggling with a subsequent novel. I've been told that the second is always harder than the first, and I truly believe it. It is not set in the medical world at all. Uh, it deals with quite different themes, and we'll see if I'm ever clever enough to make it see the light of day. Dr. Neela Janaki Ramanan. Rack's Postdoc Podcast is brought to you with the compliments of the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons and leading financial services organisation, the Bongiorno National Network, the preferred choice for medical professionals across Australia. You can reach the Bongiorno National Network on plus 613 9863 3111.